0: How's it going everybody? It's good to be back here in the seat. Things have been so crazy here in the church um, because it's summer and that's what happens. So you got camps and you've got uh, all sorts of little things happening. Um, And so, you know, when we hit the summer, most people, you know, I always, I, I tell people all the time, like, you know, with school, you kind of imagine... Things are going to get lighter because it's the summer, right? My kids are going to be out of the school routine. I'm back in summer mode. But as a church, it's kind of like the summer means all the stuff that we start to do and everything just gets busier and busier. So anyways, sorry, I've not been as regular as these as I'd like to be, but I'm going to try to get back at it. So look, today's, here's what I want to do. I'm going to talk to you about something that came up in the message. And uh, and here's here's kind of what I want to think about. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is, it's in the Sermon on the Mount. And one of the things that Jesus has been doing is he'll say, You have heard that it was said. He'll give the phrase and then says, But I tell you. And you'll see essentially what he's been doing is he's been going through the Old Testament. And so he'll go through and he'll see, Okay, what does the Bible teach about uh, divorce? What does the Bible teach about adultery? What does the Bible teach about marriage? Um, and uh, and so you'll, and, and hatred. Uh, things like that. And then um, but in, in all of those cases, what he had been doing up to this point is interacting with the Old Testament laws. And it seems like what had been taking place in the context there is Jesus is simply clarifying, um, he's clarifying what the Old Testament actually intended. So we should never read it as Jesus is setting aside Old Testament because that's not what he's doing. In fact, when you begin to look at what the Old Testament actually taught, everything Jesus has taught up to this point is like right in line with what the Old Testament had already taught. And it's going to be the same for what I want to look at today. But one thing he's going to do differently is he's going to quote something uh, that is uh, partially in the Old Testament and the other part is not. So the verse I'm thinking of, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, and it says, You have heard that it is said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so you may be children of your Father in heaven. Now, here's what's what I would like to point out. Um, when Jesus is quoting this, this is one time where he's not necessarily quoting the full context of that verse, because what it seems like he's doing is he's actually interacting with what was the popular kind of, uh, religious saying of the time, because if you did memorize and know Leviticus, uh, Leviticus nineteen eighteen, which people would have, those who are studying would have, you would see things like this: you should not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you should love your neighbor as yourself. Now, you know, t- to be true, what what would have been said is you should have heard that it said, love your enemy, your your neighbor as yourself. Uh, but that's not what he's doing. What he's going to do is he's actually He's gonna deal with um, what people have done with that verse, and so it appears that w- what has been happening at the time is people have been taking that verse, "Love your your neighbor," and then slapping onto it something that they felt was stru- truly important, uh, and they felt was, uh, you know, that they had license to do, which was hate your enemy. And and what Jesus is gonna do is he's gonna say, okay, um, let me let me tell you what I've heard and what you guys have probably all heard and. Uh, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. The first half of that's actually in the Bible. The other half is not. There is no command to hate your enemy. Uh, There there is nothing. In fact, you'll see quite the opposite. It seems like there are many times where when it comes to your enemy, now I'm not talking about holy war. I'm not talking about uh, things from the Psalms that deal with uh, his his heart towards those who are against the Lord. What I'm talking about uh, is really that relationship of what do I do with people who are my neighbors? What do I do with people who are enemies to me? And so what Jesus is doing is he's going to look at these verses here. He's going to look about uh, and say, love your neighbor. Um, and then he's going to deal with what people have been saying, which is hate, uh, hate your enemy. And so here's what's happening. Notice, uh, that when he does this, uh, he, he's not misquoting the verse at all, because if he was misquoting, there'd been a hundred other people say, well, I've, that's not actually the verse because that's not what he's doing. What he's doing here is he's going to interact with this. And so what I think is important to look at though, is what he does next. When he says that you have heard that it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Um, he then says, but I tell you, Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And this is what I think is the key piece, is the but I tell you. Because two things we need to know from Matthew chapter 5 so far is we can have an, we can have an unbiblical opinion or interpretation of a verse. And what Jesus is going to say is, but I tell you, here's what it really should mean. Here's what the original, what was God's intention for that. But the other thing that needs to be understood is that you could actually be holding an unbiblical opinion that's not even in the Bible, and you've mashed it in. You've had some sort of Christian saying or something like that, that you've just been taught because you grew up in the church, and this is what you've always been told. And 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 what we need to ask is, um, is there room in my life to allow for Jesus to say, but I tell you? And here's what I mean by that is, I do think that all of us need to examine our lives, examine the things that we believe, examine the, the, the way that we understand things, biblical principles, and need to really ask, do I believe these because I've just always been taught this? Have, it, have I just heard these things? Have I grown up in the church and this is just how it is? Or am I going to really take the next step and say, I'm going to submit that to what God says? And I'm going to ask him to tell me. And so what I do think every Christian should be in the habit of doing is not making decisions based on here's what my parents did. Here's what other church people have done. This is just what people have always done. But saying, okay, with the decisions I make with my life, am I going to say though, this is what I have kind of always have thought, but God, what do you have to say about it? Uh, what, what is your opinion about it? And that means you need to pray about that. That means you should be in the Word about those things. And I do think that's stuff we should be talking about. And so submit your decisions to the Lord. Submit your opinions to the Lord. Um, submit your 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 the way that you view the world to Him. And you should be asking: Is this tradition? Is this been passed down? Is this something that I have formed myself, or have I really let the Word of God say things like, "But I'm telling you to do this. I'm telling you." To believe these things. I'm telling you that this is how it should really work. I think it's a call for all of us to really say, Am I going to let Jesus speak into my life? And will I let him root out my bad opinions or my bad interpretations of scriptures? Will I? And and, and the only way that's gonna happen though, guys, is if you actually are reading the Bible and knowing. Because one of the things that Jesus has shown in Matthew chapter five is a lot of these bad opinions, bad interpretations come from just not reading the Bible. Not Knowing what it says in full. Uh, And so once you begin to do the work of reading it, being familiar with it, you will continue to see what does God teach on these things and and be able to kind of clarify uh, do I hold this position? Is it a good position? Because some of the things you probably hold are probably right and true, but do you hold them from a biblical perspective? Do you know why you hold them? Do you know why? Uh, you uh, you grasp onto them and believe them. So that's all I want you to be thinking about today is uh, look at that and ask, is there room in your life in all things to have an examination, have the Lord open that up for the scriptures to be able to say, but I tell you uh, something that could maybe change your opinion. Uh, you know, and, and make you have an opinion that's more in line with what the Bible says and not just it's the Christian thing to do or it's what I grew up with. So I uh, hope that's helpful and we'll talk to you guys later.